0: Such a dark place for me that I was uncontrollable, I ended up grabbing a chair, hitting it on my teacher's face, got permanently excluded. My estate, going back to my estate, it was always, they'd always try to set me and the girls against each other or me and the boys against, like everyone against each other, like survival of the fittest, it's quite kind of crazy. I, at that rate, like, felt really bad for my friends that I was with because I always used to get them in trouble, like, all the time. Every time I get arrested, they'll get arrested. So, I felt really bad, didn't it? So, I was like... And she said, If you don't, like, start behaving right, you're going to go to Africa. So, if you keep beating up a donkey, the donkey's only going to do the same layout, so... I just never really cared. They told us on the weekends, they give us our phones and they take us to a big supermarket on a coach. And I knew that was my, the day that I was gonna escape. (laughs) I knew it. And these boys would like go around like, believe it or not, beheading people. You know, What? it was a mental. Is this too much? Too much. Is this too scary? Am I going to die? It was all, every night there would be a madness. Every night we step out somewhere, these lot of fighting, beheading, or like doing some dumb So it was just too much. They like, when they're beating you, they tie you from your ankles and blindfold you. Even when it comes down to me talking about my beating experiences, I believe I wasn't beat as much as other girls. I think that was my first realisation of the hood don't love you. The hood don't love no one.
1: Alright, so we've been asked to get more females on the podcast, and it is not easy. I'm telling you, like, most people in prison are men. That was especially before the war on drugs, there was hardly any women in prison. Now, Nawal has got her own YouTube channel, a link will be in the description box. Please go down and support her work. She's on the straight and narrow after she's had an amazing life story that covers multiple countries, including Somalia, Kenya, various incarcerations, and um, boarding school is almost like similar to to like the prison re- regime in some ways. So the Nawal Show is the name of the channel, and she also interviews other guests on her own YouTube channel. So please go down and support her work. So huge thank you for coming on Noal
0: thank you for having me
1: cheers what what um let's just go back to the very beginning then of where you grew up what was that like
0: so i'm born in camden but like raised in edmonton um got a single mum. oh my god i get so jittery. it's all right because you are a
1: powerful woman on camera you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sorry sorry
0: um I grew up with a single mum wicked woman you know she gave us everything we ever wanted I grew up with my cousins across the road but they like come from a two parent household so anything you know and they were all girls so anything they had we had you know we went to extra curricula Oh, <laughs> big words again Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to learn big words but we done, like, things on the side, like going to tuition, you know, like playing sports or whatever. But growing up, grinding up in the estate I grew up in, it was quite hard, like, without having a brother, you know, maintaining respect. So I feel like when it comes to me rebelling, it was because I was tired of getting bullied in primary school, then when I literally, so outside my estate was the primary school and then in the estate was everyone that went to the primary or like siblings and I just had enough. So it was just like.
1: Can you remember how the bullying started?
0: It was actually my skin complexion. So I'd always get like people coming at my skin complexion there was two girls. I remember these two girls because one of them started year seven with me and it didn't end well for her. Um But, yeah, like, so they'd follow me toilets, sweat tissue, throw it at me, like, call me horrible names. I'd always get bullied, like, all the time. I don't remember a happy time in primary school at all. When it came to summer holidays and I was about to start year seven, you know, I had a couple of family members that let me know, you know, you best not take it. Anybody that tries it on you, defend yourself. And first day of year seven, I did so with one of the girls. Describe, and
1: describe how that came about.
0: So she kept, like, picking on me in class. Me, her in the same class, kept picking on me. And went I told my older sister at break time, she was a couple of years older than me, she was like, do you know what? like don't have it and I was like well I'm scared and she's like scared of what you're always fighting the youngest sister of us. like you best defend yourself and I did like I just fought her I, I just saw red I don't you saw red yeah all I remember everything this. that
1: you'd gone through was it building up for you to see that red yeah
0: my whole thing was I don't want to repeat primary school There was no way I was going to do that because I used to have teachers even saying things about my skin colour, teachers like allowing kids that bullied me get away with it. So it was like, I'm not doing it yet. I'm not starting year seven and allowing people to do the same to me in secondary.
1: Was that a bit intimidating at the time? To get that courage up to do that, to turn it, it around. It was.
0: It was really scary. But what I realized, when I went back to the estate and I was playing out again, anyone that tried it out with me on there, I'll do the same. So, I don't know, it kind of unleashed a demon. And I wasn't able to get told off. And back then, you know, you'd get misbehaving and it was like I was immune to everything.
1: So, these girls approached you then. And you unleashed the demon. What did you actually do?
0: I fought them. Like, so I fought one of them. So there was
1: two of them, was there?
0: Yeah, there was two of them, but only one of them went. Pre- um, went secondary school with me. Um, what did that, they say to you? Like, they would just cuss my skin color. Mm. You know, they would just cuss. I used to cover up as a kid. You know, they'd cuss what I was wearing. Um, they would just do horrible stuff. Like, to be honest. I kind of made myself forget all of that. Like other than when I'm in these interviews and people like take me back there. Yeah. Like I'm numb to it. But at a time, I didn't even get to finish Year 7. I, that was the first ever time I got sent to Somalia because I just became a rebel. All
1: right. So you've you've turned it around on these two bullies. Mm. So they've gone away and now you've got respect, right? Because you've proven yourself. Mm. But is the demon getting out of control? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, it wasn't necessarily that I got respect because if I look back at it, right, I do regret. It. You know, like that. It's I always get told, "Oh, don't regret things." You know, like just own it. But it's like I know today that I had a hands-on mum, and my mum would do anything to, you know, give me what I want, and that. So it's like me knowing that I was a disappointment, you know, so it was like, I don't really brag about it, you know, it's just something that happened in my life, and it ended up leading me, Yes, seven was such a dark place for me that I was uncontrollable, I ended up pff, grabbing a chair, hitting it on my teacher's face, got permanently excluded, I think, yeah, that was, yeah, seven was first other time I got arrested.
1: What had the teacher done to trigger that?
0: So what they would do was, I don't, I don't know if it was like that for you when you was in school or anything, but it was, there was quite some weird teachers. They would like kind of beg it with like the bad kids. Like, I mean, even though I was one of them, I never really got that. Like they'd always try stand in front of the, um, classroom, like try to embarrass me, you know? And I never dealt with that, you know, right? Because so it was a bit
1: inappropriate. What yeah, they were like doing. they were
0: always. So I'd say like there was three teachers I couldn't stand in school, and they'd they'd never really help her. I feel like when they're telling me off, it was t- telling me off to embarrass me. It wasn't telling me off to, for me to do better, you know. It was always oh, get out of classroom, go into LSU, and LSU was this room full of kids that they don't allow to go to, like, lunch or anything. You know, we don't get taught nothing in there. It's just a bunch of us bad kids in there, you know. And they just embarrassed me. So I ended up, like, hitting the teacher, unfortunately. With the chair. And my mum wrote a contract with me, and she said, if you don't, like, start behaving right, you're going to go to Africa. And you're going to go over there and you're going to live with my mum. And yeah, that's what I did. I ended up when she said getting that, permanent.
1: Did, when she said that, did it intimidate you or were you not asked?
0: Yeah, I went. I went bothered at all. I left to Somalia with a smile on my face. They, <laughs> get, they made a surprise, like a leaving party for me, a surprise leaving party. I was quite happy.
1: And was it <laughs> Was it the situation with the chair that caused you to to go the was the other things?
0: No, so it was me like throughout year seven, just getting arrested, getting in trouble.
1: Okay, slow down, slow down. Rested, what was your first arrest?
0: <laughs> Possession of weed.
1: Possession of weed in year seven. But it
0: wasn't even mine. I was
1: for our American audience, year seven, you're about eleven years old? Yeah, I was eleven. Okay.
0: Very embarrassing. How'd you get busted? So, was, you know, like, when it's winter and it gets dark, like, quite early? Yeah. So we were chilling in a park, me and a couple older girls at, from my estate and school. And they were smoking or whatever. And they were like, oh, like, yeah, like, do it. It was my first time, so I'd done it. And I was getting quite paranoid. I didn't have a good first time. I was getting quite paranoid. And I was just thinking to myself, like... What's going on? And I was wearing a skirt. Oh, this is bad. It's so embarrassing, but I am an old lady now, so it's all right. Um, I remember the girls seeing a bully van and saying, oh, my God, they're going to search us. You're wearing a headscarf and a skirt. They're not going to search you. And I was wearing jeans under. So they told me to put it in my pocket, and I listened. I was so stupid. I listened. And my mom was really heartbroken. Like I say, when I say the embarrassment element of it all, it's because I swear, if you knew the mother that raised me, it was like, okay, you're dying for it. Like, why are you doing all of this? If you've got a hands-on mum, if you've got somebody that cares, you know, why are you doing all of this? So it's like, now that I'm older, I look back at things and it's just oh, embarrassing.
1: How many times were you arrested before Somalia?
0: I think it was twice. What was the
1: second arrest?
0: I think it was robbery.
1: Okay, what led up to that?
0: I think. I don't even remember properly, but I do remember it being a robbery.
1: Who were your um, friends that you went on that one with?
0: The boys from my estate.
1: Okay. Were they like gang members?
0: I, I don't know. So there's this embarrassing photo of me that I take the piss out of. So it's like me, 10 years old, throwing gang signs in a headscarf and at a buyer. And when I look we, at that photo... Can we put
1: that in the trailer, please? Oh, God, it's so embarrassing. Where can I find it? It's so
0: embarrassing. So when I look at that photo, I just think to myself, like, what are you doing? You know when your mind, like, I don't know, maybe I blocked it out. I don't know.
1: What kind of gang signs are this? Because I was in America, so it's out there, it's blood. So, scripts, I think it all that stuff. like that. Oh, so embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing. So really
0: I don't know. Sound really embarrassing.
1: So you were so you was a junior G back then. <laughs> ten years old, did you say the picture? Well yeah,
0: I think I was ten or eleven. Okay. One of the two. I was definitely in year seven. It was my rebellion times.
1: And how did you get talked into doing the robbery with these these guys?
0: So like my estate, going back to my estate, it was always, they'd always try to set me and the girls against each other or me and the boys against, like everyone against each other, like survival of the fittest. It's quite kind of crazy, you know, but it was just like, I don't know. I ended up always fighting someone, always getting involved in mischief. It became a thrill thing for me at the end, like, oh, we're off to here. I wouldn't even think of it. i am like, all right, bet, cool. Let's go.
1: So were you fighting girls or boys or both? Both. Okay. Thinking of Jack now from Top Boy. No. <laughs> no. I'm nothing like Jack. <laughs> no, Jack got a bit dangerous. It was oh, the God. end? <laughs> yeah, she really did. Really yeah. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what, what was the place that you robbed?
0: So I think it was just robbery, like street robberies. It wasn't... Like when I was younger, it was more or less, we in my area, fight, give me your stuff. Okay. I wasn't really, let me go into shops and Nick suites.
1: So the people you were robbing, were they dealing or were they just people you were robbing, like taking their cash phones, things like that?
0: So like recently a girl <laughs> hollered me on my DMs. And- oh shit. She told me how I robbed her when I was a young girl. Okay. I actually cried my eyes out because oh. it's so embarrassing. Like, you know, when you regret something already and like you beat yourself yeah. up for it, you don't really want to hear it. But I had to. And you know, like when she was talking to me, she was like, I was, she was wild as well, but it yeah. was me more or less coming to her on some, what are you doing in my area? Mm. Give me your phone. It was quite ratchet. Like, it Mm. went very embarrassing.
1: Did she just hand it over or was the violence?
0: No, I think she said, like, we ended up fighting. But sometimes I'll hand it over, sometimes I'll fight.
1: What did you classify as your area? Pardon? What did you classify as your area? You said she was in your area. What was your (laughs) area?
0: It's so embarrassing, Edmund. Oh, I don't know. And yeah. now I call it deadman. <laughs> Crazy.
1: So you, so you got all these events then, and your mum's like, "Right, you're going overseas."
0: Yeah, she made a contract, Contracts. and she said, "If you rebel anymore, or like you do anything, or you get kicked out of school, you go in Africa." So. I ended up going.
1: So when you had that contract, were you thinking you weren't? there's no way you're going to stick to it?
0: Yeah, I thought, oh, you know, like, you're your mum's favourite. I don't know. When I was younger, I always, even though I got myself into a bit of trouble, because my mum never gave up on me, I always knew she mm. loved me. So it's like, okay, yeah, man, she, she she, won't get rid of you. But when the time came, I was quite smiley. Yeah.
1: Like how, I didn't how, how old were you when the time came?
0: Eleven. So Eleven. Eleven. Yeah, I was. I was not in year seven Holy for that shit. long. I got permanently excluded from school, and yeah. I and the know. permanent
1: exclusion was because of the teacher, the child. Yeah. All right. So I think we've covered all of your misdemeanors then up to the age eleven. Mm. So you are having a leaving party? Who comes to the leaving party?
0: All my mates.
1: All your mates. And what was the atmosphere like?
0: The whole estate. It was really good. Like, I remember it. It was buzzing. Yeah, I was buzzing. I was very happy.
1: Yeah. Were you, were you sad that you were going to be not seeing your mates? Some of them? Were you very close to some of them?
0: I was quite sad that I weren't seeing my mum and my sibling. Yeah. Because I've only got two sisters and a mum. Yeah. So we're quite close. So it was like, oh, I'm leaving these lot a little bit, but. You know, I always, like, spoke to my family in Africa over the phone, so we had somewhat of a relationship. They were quite excited that I was coming over too, so.
1: So as a young person who went to a foreign country, America, to me it was like, it's going to be a brilliant new adventure. Mm. Did you have a bit of that mindset?
0: No, okay. I just thought, okay, I'll be back whenever.
1: So what, take us through arriving there and your first day there.
0: Well, um, so Mum went with me. Yeah, She stayed with me for a while.
1: At the uh, airport, what was it like?
0: We got picked up by my uncle, and my uncle like was, you know, a sergeant, so he's in a uniform. He's sergeant. got his AK. So Is that a
1: police or a military?
0: Um, it was police. Yeah. But it was it was different, innit? When you go like that was my first time. lot. that went. That was my second time in Somalia.
1: So that first day, what did you notice? I mean, like, how different was it from what you've been brought up to experience?
0: It was different, but I'm an Africa baby. I don't mm. know if you've noticed with my YouTube channel, like, even though I go through some shit over there, I always go back. Yeah. Because I love, I love back home. Like, ain't nothing like, you know, the mother homes. So. So, so
1: describe, like, for the viewers then, like, the heat the
0: people so the, language. the heat's and, nice there's yeah. a nice breeze everybody's smiley you know like london everyone's miserable they mm. don't say hello always <laughs> bumping into each other <laughs> everyone's happy everyone's quite excited for you to come down the whole neighborhood knows you're around
1: so what did you have another party then you yeah like everyone
0: so where we landed um was like my dad's side, my mum's side of the family, but her dad's side. So we chilled with them for a bit. Then we went over to, we drove over like, I think two hours and a half to like the village my grandmother lived in.
1: So what was the house like you were staying at?
0: It was really nice. Like, oh my God, I thought to myself, I'm broke in England, but why do I seem rich in Africa? That's what I thought, especially when they like cashed out the money. And it exchanged like British pounds into the shillings. I was like, what black bag full of money? We're rich.
1: So what was the prices of things? Was it really cheap?
0: Really cheap. Cost of living there's nice. Like I mean, you know, when everything you eat is freshly killed that morning. Wow. You know?
1: All the fruit is local. Every
0: fruit is local. Like I remember my grandmother's house, there was a mango tree and you just reach up and grab it. I know, it's yeah. really nice.
1: And what about, like, you see on TV, like, like, there's a lot of animals out there, different kind of animals. Yeah. So
0: my like grandmother had a lot of goats and sheep Goats and stuff.
1: Yeah. Right. So you're, you've landed there then. You got a reception. It sounds like you've settled in quite nicely. Everyone's smiling. Things are cheap. You're thinking, right, this is yeah. quite a good lifestyle. Well, you're behaving yourself
0: yeah um up until I've met my cousins the rest their soul in peace and stuff um me and them ended up becoming quite mischievous together
1: so describe me and your cousin,
0: so I had two cousins, they both passed away now um they were mm, we was bad, but not that bad England bad, so we'd like do things like so. In the village I got left in, though, like, my grandma didn't like TV. She was quite old school. So we'd have to, <laughs> you know, take the sheeps and that over to the guy in the desert so he can... You know, so we had to get taught, like, unlearn my bad behaviour, should I say. So, like, we used to have, like, these chores or whatever. So what we do is... If there's, like, a thief, we chase the thief for entertainment, even though there's shots firing at the thief. We just used to do dumb stuff, like, pick fights with people, throw rocks into people's homes. I don't know, we were really bad.
1: Did you start getting told off
0: for that? Yeah, we get told off, but... <laughs> I used to say this saying in Somali, and it means like going so if you keep beating up a donkey, the donkey's only gonna do the same shit later, so I just never really cared,
1: so did your, the stuff you did with your cousin did it get more dangerous over time?
0: yeah, so when I went, so it was two thousand and seven, and I ended up leaving two thousand and nine like the ending. Um there was a little civil war that broke out then oh, shit. and I ended up witnessing one of my cousins pass away. Oh, no. Like that's what I'm saying, we used to chase like the soldiers and people fighting and warring, like we used to do dumb things. Well, like- well this is a
1: big thing when you say there's a civil war then Was it against the government? Was it some some people versus other people?
0: It was people against other people and like government sometimes. I was quite young, so I weren't really paying attention to it. And I was quite, I adapt easy. So Was
1: there two different sides then in the Civil War or was it more complicated?
0: So there was like two different sides. But, you know, we just used to hear gunshots and just chase. Like it was more.
1: How often were the gunshots?
0: Same way it rains in England. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right, so you so things got more dangerous then. Mm. and you, Did you get in, in bigger trouble?
0: So I ended up enrolling to a school called Yameska. And, like, in that school, it was, like, Kenyan rants. So, like, it was Kenyan teachers and that. And my cousins weren't going to school with me. So what would happen was people would pick fights with me. Like, they, they'd be quite shocked that I was dark-skinned and from England. Like, some of them believe, like, because I'm from a country where, when I say some, the minority, but, you know, they, they'd be like, oh, you're from a country that, you know, rains and snows. How are you that color? You know, you should be lighter. So when they pick fights, I'd have, like, a foul mouth, and then I'd end up calling my cousins and my family members, then there'll be like wars that break out between us. And bear in mind, Africa ain't like this country. You take, you know, to school every day. I was taking razor blades with like pepper on it. How old are you at this point then? Like 12? I was 30. 12 at this point. So you're tooled up
1: going to school. People are coming at you. That must be like triggering you because you were bullied in England. You must. That must be triggered. This ain't going to happen over here, no way. Yeah. But now you're saying that if you step up, the family members step up, your family members, and it just becomes a big thing. A
0: big thing. So I ended up getting moved from the little village my grandma lived in to another town. And when I moved to that town, it was just the same again. Like yeah. I just link up with cousins. Anyone fights me in mosque or school, I'd end up calling family members. War's breaking out.
1: So they decided to put you in boarding school. Was that what? No, that's later, isn't it? That's, that's later. later so yeah.
0: I ended up coming back. So I ended up, when I was in Somalia, I did humble because, you know, seeing family members pass away, you know what I'm saying? like Because
1: of the civil war, people getting killed. Yeah, like,
0: it's not the same as this country, you know? Like, so it humbles you in a sense. You learn what life really means. And the way people are so happy over there, even though like there's a lot of fuckery going on, so for swearing. It's all right, it's fine. It was quite humbling. So when I did come back, I had this thick Kenyan British accent. It was very weird. I was on the straight and narrow. I didn't really want to get myself into trouble.
1: Would you say you were traumatized because of these family members that got killed? I mean, if you, that's first time. Now that
0: I'm older. So when I was younger, I never knew what trauma was. Yeah. Now that I'm older, I, I I take into consideration that I have dealt with a lot of trauma and I'm still dealing with it, but.
1: And when you say you saw them got killed, was it right in front of you or was it you saw them come so back injured and then they died Like
0: One was like 20 feet away from me. That was the fair risk. And then the other one, I'd say like six feet. I'd have been shot. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. Were you thinking you could have been shot as well?
0: I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. This is what I'm saying. When I was younger, none of this really phased me. Right. But one thing it did do was humble me when I. Came- yeah. Sorry, when I came back. Yeah. I was way more humble to a point where the school that permanently excluded me allowed me back in
1: right okay that's very interesting so you've gone out uh, you've internalized the trauma and you've just absorbed it basically Mm -hmm. but later on you've been able to analyze it but just seeing that people who uh, it's it's, it seems like it's more real the way of life out there Mm. people can go through hardship life and death like that And it gives you a measure, doesn't it? You start to value things more. Mm -hmm. People are dying in front of you. I mean, in prison, things happen. People get injured, people die. And then it's like, I spoke to a soldier about this when I came back and we're looking at the world and everyone just looked like oblivious to the danger of the world and just just taking everything for granted. Mm. But it changes your value system permanently, doesn't it? You realize how dangerous things can be and how life can be taken like that. And you got to appreciate it going forward. So it sounds like you had a similar mindset when you came back to the UK. So you you come back to the UK, you've been humbled. And what's your life like then?
0: So one thing I was very grateful for was my mum.
1: Because
0: when I was in Africa, I was the most spoiltest cousin. Mm. Anything I wanted, I got, you know, um, I went to, even though I went to school, I went to extra school on the side. I went mosque. And that was my biggest highlight because I got to finish the Quran off my heart and it was so humbling. So by the time I come back, it was like, all right, I, I don't want to put my mom through no pain. That's what I saw it as. I didn't really necessarily see it as, oh, I'm afraid to go back. No, it was your mom putting your mom's a single mother. You put her through so much hell. You see what life is over there. You've lost family members. You know what I'm saying? Be grateful and count your blessings because you are blessed. So I sat a board meeting. My mum went to the school. She asked them. She showed them photos of me. She showed them like my grades and how much it changed while I was in Africa. She asked for a board meeting. They said we'll sit. it. They wanted me there. I I had to plead my case on why I should come back to the school. The school was literally two minutes away from my mother's home. They made a promise. To, my mum had to make a promise that she had to drop me and pick me up until year 11. And that's what happened, believe it or not. My mum used to have to take me to school and um pick me up. Bless her it's hell, even talking about it. Um... Then when I did start school, unfortunately, this is when shit fucked up for me. People that I was quite horrible to in year seven weren't really taken in the fact that I was Kumbaya Noelle. And I actually had my head in my book. So every time I saw someone I did something to, it was fingers in faces, you know, chatting shit in corridors, trying to fight me, so a month into me being in school, I was back to the old me, I'd say. So, like, I was fighting again.
1: It sounds like you had no choice, because if you didn't step up, you'd just go back to being bullied, wouldn't you?
0: Mm. To be honest, right, I feel like now looking back, yeah, over-prioritising friendships and, like, retaliating when not to, like, when it ain't really necessary really did get me into a lot of trouble, you know? If I analyse myself and, you know, and not only that, being unaware about certain mental health issues that I've got, like, I'm at my big age of 20, when was it, 25, right? I got diagnosed with um, BPD, Borderline Personality Disorder, And like anxiety and depression and PTSD. So it's like if I was more aware, you know, or maybe sometimes I even blame school teachers. I know I'm bad, but like I believe if the system fails people, if they hired empaths as teachers, there'll be more successful children, you know?
1: It's good that you were and take responsibility, but you were just a kid, basically, and to try and psychoanalyze that at that age is impossible. Mm. You're not going to be aware of all that at that age. But, yeah, so did it escalate to police trouble again? (laughs) What led to that?
0: Fights and my pride, I feel like. Pride was a really big thing.
1: What was the one that brought the cops in? What was the situation?
0: So... It was a girl and she was cussing me all over social media and I was remember- it, Was
1: she cussing you about something different or was it the same?
0: No, it was just like my skin colour. You know, like when I was younger, I don't know, people always had a, a problem with like dark skin. Like it was always my skin colour. It was always like, you know, my loud mouth because oh, I'm very loud. It's always like my loud mouth. I feel like sometimes people wanted to, like, strip me from my cockiness, because I was always quite cocky, and like I said, the over-prioritizing friendships, majority of the things that I used to get myself involved in when I was younger was never really my issue to begin with. It would always be, oh, why are you talking to my friend like that? Oh, you, you mess with her or him or you mess with me, so... It's quite stupid over prioritizing friendships.
1: So how did this how violent did this fight get then for the police to come in?
0: It got quite violent. I um they didn't come to school, they came to our house. And when you were younger they used to like just tell your parents to come bring you into the police station the next day. And that's what happened. Ended up starting youth offending.
1: So what were her injuries?
0: I don't remember, but I did, like, go youth offending. I think the first ever time was nine months. Um, ended up breaching.
1: How old are you at this point of the story?
0: I think I was, like, 15.
1: 15.
0: Turning, like, 16. So
1: now you're going to do nine months in the youth offenders?
0: Yeah, like, youth offending, so it's like probation. You oh, go probation. There. You're not yeah. actually incarcerated? No, 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 no. Okay. And... Then But
1: if you violate, do they incarcerate you?
0: Yeah, but I breached a few times, but i just get tagged. So I'd always get put on tag. Okay. My mum loved it. <laughs> My mum loved it. There was even a time, like, she, <laughs> she got me extra time. She was like to the judge, like, hey, okay, listen, it's summer. More time, more time, I'll look after her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: ended up getting it.
1: What was it like at home with your mum on tag?
0: I used to breach all the, the time, yeah. I'd go to hospital, there was a trick back then. It's not as easy as now. But back then, all you'd have to do is call, go to home, call from the box, say you're going to hospital, go hospital, wait for them to call your name. Once they've called your name and you've seen the nurse, you can leave and breach for the rest of the night and you won't get in trouble. So you used to do that a lot.
1: So what What got you caught then, breaching?
0: Um, it was always like breaching youth offenders. It was never necessarily breaching the tag, like I just said, I always had my little trick. Yeah. But it was like, I'm out with friends, so I don't want to go youth offenders, mm. or even sometimes argue with the youth offender worker cart and storm out. So were it's little a little silly stuff.
1: Were you able to finish school then?
0: Yeah, but... I wouldn't like to call it finishing because they didn't let me do my exams. Mm. But they let me come prom. It didn't make no sense. I feel like they'd done it to save their back. Right. They knew I wasn't going to make a scene if I was allowed to go prom. Were
1: you disappointed you couldn't do your exams?
0: Yes and no. I saw my mum, queen, put me in a private school and I ended up getting my maths and English. Okay. So, in a sense, school let me down, Mm. but mum never,
1: Yeah, you know. So what was your plan for when you, you know, finished all your education?
0: Oh, I went to seven colleges. Seven colleges? I did not like education. What what were you studying at these colleges? Business, like dumb stuff. Like, I'd pick anything. (laughs) Like, I'd have to go because mum. Yeah. So I just go and I'll fight, get kicked out, fight, and we all followed each other around. Me and my friends. So every college, if one person got kicked out, we'd go to the next one together. Yeah. It was really bad.
1: So what happened when when that ended? What did you do in your life?
0: <laughs> criminal.
1: You became a criminal. Yeah. What What was your criminal career? What was it starting out as then?
0: Mm. I always, like, used to mess around with weed, but not too much. Like, it wasn't really me reing up on it. I would just take it from the boys and start selling it and take the extra money. But it was more or less...
1: When you said you are taking it from the burglaries
0: boys. Burglaries and, like, robberies. You were selling it
1: for the boys or you were robbing the boys and reselling nah, it? No, I'd
0: be like, oh, let me get some, like, and then they'll give it to me and then i sell it. Yeah. No, they wouldn't even take money. Or they just me. give it for free. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So then you just sell that.
0: Yeah, but I was really not into like drug dealing. I feel like I was more scatty. It's so embarrassing, but like I was more like street robberies and...
1: So back to like stealing cash phones off people, things like that. Yeah,
0: not even cash, like phones and burglaries and dumb stuff.
1: When you did your first burglary, was it solo or was you clicked up with people?
0: We got on a bus. Who's we? Me and a bunch of like people my age, boys and girls. There was a girl that was cussing us. I remember it was on Facebook and we couldn't take it. Like it was so irritated. She wanted to like see one of the boys. So we ended up like going in the house and just taking her stuff.
1: And did you get away with that one?
0: And got on the bus. I always think to myself, like, who did you think you was? Embarrassing <laughs> human. Yeah, we got on the bus. And, and, pff, crazy.
1: Did the cops get involved in that one? No. So how many robberies? Was it more similar robberies of houses that you are doing?
0: Yeah, it was never, like, random people, I can say that. Like, it was never oh, yeah, like, we found out this person's got X amount of things in their house, so let's, no, it was always had the ammunition. Like, it's either like, oh, you know, we've got problems with the person or... It's quite stupid. Did
1: any, in those houses, did any of those people put up resistance and and try and kick you guys out? Or was there any weapons drawn or anything like that? One time.
0: One time, oh, I was so scared I got dragged back into a house. Did you? <laughs> yeah, but luckily, the people I was with didn't leave me. Likely. All right, well, set
1: the scene. Set the scene. What's the beef that's caused you to go to that house?
0: I don't remember, but okay. I do remember, yeah, getting dragged back into the house by a guy.
1: Who was in the house when you first went in?
0: And so it was two girls and a guy that was in the house. They were just, like, literally chilling.
1: And how many of you were there?
0: And there was a lot.
1: And you, did you go in and just grab stuff?
0: Yeah, but I think I was the cocky one. Okay. I don't even think. I know I was the cocky one. I didn't take nothing. I was just chatting shit the whole time.
1: Yeah. So you were like the boss?
0: No, I was just chatting shit. I always <laughs> like was fast. Very embarrassing. Very, yeah. Very fast. Yeah. And then I tried leave the house at the end. And I just got dragged back. Like all I remember is my heart beating, thinking. How did they grab you? From the back, so like like, chokehold her. It was here, like from my school. And it wasn't even a school jumper. On your jumper. Your jumper. Yeah. I think I was still in school then times, because yeah, I I just got dragged back in like that from like the back of my jumper. Did
1: you yell to your mates?
0: No, they came back. I was screaming as soon as I got.
1: So oh, you were in there for a bit on your own.
0: As soon as the hand touched me, I started screaming.
1: Yeah,
0: I went in there for longer. Oh.
1: And then what happened when your mates came?
0: I was happy. I was so happy. And guess what? That was my—I think my last time I went to a house. I was frightened.
1: So what was your new strategy?
0: Not to go to people's homes. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not involved.
1: How are you going to make money, though?
0: It was never about making money, though, Sean, for me. It was never about making money, ever.
1: Yeah, just buzzing, was it?
0: Yeah, I felt like... When I was younger, I never knew what trauma was. I never knew, like, what I was going through or things that I've seen or things that I was enduring was pain, right? So... I just go out to rebel. I remember like walking at my mum's house angry, right? And the first person that looks at me, I'll be like, what are you looking at? And I'll start fighting them. So it was never, oh, I need to make money. I need to make ends meet. Never. Even the robberies and that. I don't even think I ever took anything home.
1: Yeah, what we've got from interviewing all the people on this channel is that childhood trauma is the root cause of crime. Basically, it's the biggest root cause of crime. So you, so you you you've gone into criminal activity. You've got this unresolved trauma that creates your demons basically, the unresolved trauma. Um all right, so what 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 was your life? You you stopped going into houses. Would you say you was an adrenaline junkie then back then? Yeah. So how did you get your kicks after that?
0: So, like I said, I think I said this a million times now, my mum's always been my, like, muse, the reason why I, I don't really give up and I keep trying. So, my mum was like, to me at one point, like, cause I was, I started to get depressed at, uh, earlier on, like, I think I was like 16, going over to 17, I started becoming, like, depressed and, like, a bit, as well, like, my emotions were quite uncontrollable. So I remember sitting with my mum and saying, you know, like, oh, I want to get out of this country, you know. And she was just like to me, okay, do you want to go Kenya? And I was like, yeah, why not? Because I remember, like, my cousins living quite nice and everybody over there. So I was like, and my older sister went now on holiday and remember the photos. So I was like, oh, why not, like... So I was like, yeah, I'll go. I said, make me two promises. She's like, well, I said, don't put me in a boarding school. And, <laughs> and don't send me to Somalia. Like, I want to stay there. Like, I want to work on me over there.
1: Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Here's a word from our sponsor, Harry's. Having such a scratchy face, I'm always delighted to get a new Harry's set. There's a foaming gel, hydrating night lotion... And the razor with the weighted handle really gets the job done. The trimmer blade makes it so easy to get into those tricky places to reach. The shave gel offers effective lubrication and just comes off like butter. It's such a smooth shave. It shaves fast, efficiently, no discomfort, and it is so smooth by the end. The hydrating night lotion is light and non-greasy. Harry's is doing a £0 trial. Start shaving with the products just pay for delivery. Save every time. Save on all your shaving products without sacrificing quality. You're in control. You can modify or cancel your plan from the account page. Make sure to support our podcast and start your own skincare journey by redeeming a free Harry's trial set. All you cover is £3.95 pence for delivery. Just head to harrys.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N, and have your trial set delivered to your door. That's harrys.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Thank you for supporting our sponsor.
0: So when I said that, um, I got sent to my auntie's house. When I got sent to my auntie's house, I ended up... My friends were in Kenya, by the way. I forgot to tell you that. So... A lot of people were like, oh, get me blue slim Rizla, get me this, get me Mayfair, get me this. So I read up before I went Africa. So when I went to my auntie's house, she opened up the bag and she was quite gobsmacked what was in there. Like, she's thinking, you're a young girl, what is this? I was quite offended, rebel, thought I was a big girl. do you mean, I uh-uh, gave my auntie mouth. Ended up running to one of my friend's house, staying there. I, was, I got told, yeah, you're going boarding school. And I was like, you know what? Well, all right, but I'll go to the boarding school.
1: Before we go to that, why had you said don't send me to boarding school earlier? on? what did you already know about boarding school that you didn't like?
0: So when I was in like Somalia, I used to like talk to a lot of my cousins, like and friends, and that, and I used to hear these horrible like horror stories. So my thing was. Yeah, man, I'm trying to do better. Ain't no point of, you know, like, going to somewhere like that, you know? So I was like, oh, I don't want to go there.
1: So you have to go there now because your behavior's kicked off again.
0: Mm. And... But I got sent in the first ever boarding school. I regret it. Like, I wish I stayed. It was so nice. It's called Light Academy. It's in Nairobi. It was so pretty. It had the in like in house cinema, wow. basketball court. It was five grand a term. Yeah, I was so dumb. Like me being an adult today, I could have reaped so much benefits. I remember the ambassador of Kenya's daughter was there. Like it was very much rich people's boarding school. And me coming from a council estate, I should have counted my blessings (laughs) and, like, networked in there.
1: (laughs) So what was your first day like in there?
0: Oh, I was angry. I was angry. How did you express it? I was saying, why? Like, I said, I don't want to be here. I'm looking at the girls in there, like, I do you not want to be here? I've noticed the fact that they actually want to be there. They told us on the weekends they give us our phones and they take us to a big supermarket on a coach. And I knew that was my the day that I was gonna escape. (laughs) I knew it. I called my friend. He didn't want to be in Kenya them times. He ended up stealing ten thousand dollars. He picked me up and we went on a run for a while.
1: How long had you been in the boarding school?
0: A couple days. Yeah, all fun. right
1: so you do your escape you're going on the run where did you go
0: so the first place we went was to pick up our other friends we picked them all up and then we ended up like getting like a hotel
1: so did he just show up like did he have a vehicle did he yeah. just show up and that's how you dropped out of, the, out of the school crowd i called
0: him so they give you your phone yeah on weekends i called him and i said yeah tomorrow's the day they take you make sure you're outside there yeah. There was this, like, it was a Turkish run boarding school. There was a Turkish lady chasing me the whole time. She could oh. suss the fact that I wanted to run. I literally decked her in the face and ran into the car because I was so scared that did not want. I did not want oh, to get caught and kept in there.
1: Yeah, so you decked her, jumped into the car. You take off, and then you guys are on the run. Picking up more friends and, and family members. are... No friends. Just friends.
0: Yeah. We stayed in a hotel for a night. Then we tried to go to the embassy. But our parents were just outside the embassy. It's what like, what was your they plan?
1: What was your plan to go to the embassy?
0: To come back to England.
1: To, to just come back to England?
0: We felt really rich at that age. We thought, oh yeah, 10 grand. Like we're rich. Yeah. No. <laughs> Little did I know, we weren't going nowhere, we had to hand ourselves back into our parents.
1: Okay, so your parents, um, did you say they were at the embassy? Yeah, like
0: every time we tried to go to the embassy, there was only once that we were able to actually go inside the embassy. But me and my friends say until today, we think they didn't want to let us go because we were Somali. Yeah. Like, because we were British, like, we didn't understand. You, we had the money to buy a new passport, Mm -hmm. we had the money for a new ticket, but I don't know, they just didn't allow us.
1: So, what was your life like after the embassy?
0: Oh, we had fun, we said it. We said, Let's rinse this money, let's have fun. I told my male, my like, my male friend, I'm gonna hand myself into his mum, and he was gonna hand himself into my mum's, so that's what we've done.
1: Okay. And then did you get told off and stuff?
0: Yeah. He got sent to um, Somalia somewhere. And I was like, oh, I want to I wanna go where he's going, you know? I like, oh, like, let's all be together, if anything. And yeah, I got tricked to go to another side of Somalia, but I was quite smart, so... This time it was with like my dad's side of the family and they're like, all got weapons and that. And, you know, British mum, she's thinking. And I said, yeah, if you leave me here with these people, I'll just shoot them, shoot me after, don't leave me. And she's like, okay, you're gonna go to another boarding school. And I was like, okay, I'll go to that. I went back to Kenya, but it was a little village this time called Niari. I think that's how I say, I think I got, hopefully I'm saying it right. Went there and big up the girls. Yeah, they all broke out with me.
1: Was it your plan?
0: Yeah, it was me and another Canadian girl.
1: What was your strategy?
0: So there was an axe that they used to break up the wood that would make the, like the fire to make the food in the morning. So one of the girls grabbed the axe, started breaking down the windows Everyone just was moving reckless because that place weren't like the first place. That place, they'd beat on you all the time. So, and it was the day after Eid, and we were quite annoyed because Eid, Islam is a very happy religion. It's very peaceful. So seeing these people weaponize the, f- the religion was jarring me. So I was just did like, girls, let's go.
1: Did you get beaten? Yeah. What was there a reason they beat you? Was there some kind of. Rules they had in place or...
0: So, like, if you don't wake up on time, if you don't wash your clothes on time, it was quite military in there. What, was, what I, was... I would say, though, that the last, last place that I was in when I was 23 years old and this place that I was in when I was 17, i rather the place I was in when I was 17 because... There, there wasn't no essay. Like nobody was taking advantage of you sexually. Whereas the last place, it was like that. Oh my god!
1: So what were the beatings in this first place? What? What? how, How did they beat you?
0: So like it, it rained a lot, and there would be like this big like tank. I'd say blue like big massive bucket and it's raining there. So what they do is grab the water, throw it over you and then whip you with like a whip. How many
1: times did you get whipped for one
0: I, I don't remember.
1: Like a, like a lot or...
0: Yeah you Jesus do. Christ. Bloody hell
1: Alright, so you organize a mass escape. Everyone's like what's the what's the plan for when everyone's out?
0: Alright, so luckily the woman that owned the house had her own little segregated bit inside the, like, place, like, yeah. the house. So it was her house that like, she was renting out. Yeah. She couldn't stand how we were abusing her home. So she'd like, you know what? Get him out. So she ended up opening the door and letting us run out. <laughs> the men started chasing us, and the girls just started screaming for help. A man stopped a little my tattoo car. So that's a little bus. He stopped it. We all jumped in. And yeah, I felt like that bus was a party bus back to Nairobi. I loved it. It was so fun. Wow. What a story. This is like sort out of a movie, isn't it? It's crazy.
1: So what, when the, where did the bus take you?
0: Nairobi. And then what did you do? One of the, the Canadian girl had like links. For people there and that. So she ended up getting us an apartment and we all like just chilled. How long? About two weeks. Then what and happened? then everyone went back to their families. I went back to my mum's cousin. Not the one that I first originally stayed with, another one. And yeah.
1: And was that okay? Or was the civil war and murders and mayhem?
0: Nah, it was. While we were partying, we saw a lot of crazy stuff. Like I saw, oh, there was a time like (laughs) we were chilling with a bunch of boys and these boys would like go around like, believe it or not, beheading people, you know. What? It was a mental.
1: You saw that?
0: Yeah. Usually I'd like to just move off like and choose not to see it. You know, I never necessarily saw it, but, you know, I'd hear of it the next day or, like, see the girls talking about it or whatever.
1: Is that because of the civil war, the two groups?
0: No, 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 no. So, this was in Kenya.
1: Oh, this is in Kenya. This was a different...
0: Time period.
1: And what was the beast with the people who were getting beheaded, for like They were just
0: warring. So, it's like, you know how you get gang wars over here? Yeah. It's the same over there.
1: Right. Oh my goodness. And so, it's,
0: if I'm being honest, it was the people I choose to surround myself with back then. Pretty dangerous people. Yeah. Cause it's like, I liked the thrill of things. I liked, you know, rebelling at that moment. So it was just about rebelling and thrill. Yeah.
1: yeah. So you're hanging out with people who are beheading people, and does that make you think, right, this is a boss because these people are so dangerous? Is that where your your mindset was at?
0: That was the reason why I left them. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, there'd be me when, when like I engage in things, there'll be a point where I think, okay, is this too much? Too much. Is this too scary? Am I gonna die?
1: What was the thing that was too scary?
0: It was all every night there would be a madness. Every night we step out somewhere, these lot of fighting, beheading or like doing some dumb shit. So it was just too much. And I miss England, so it was like, okay, let me go back to my family so I can go back to England.
1: Where did you um go to when you came back to England? Was it was it your mum's? Yeah. What was that like?
0: It was alright. What was
1: your life plan at that point? And how old were you?
0: 17 at this point.
1: Okay.
0: You know, I was still rebellious. Talk about this stuff just makes me like kind of doze off sometimes because it's like I don't like it because I'm not proud. I'm not somebody that's proud of what they've done in the past.
1: Yeah, throughout this interview, you've took responsibility for everything. Mm. People who are watching this are going to see you're totally looking back at yourself as a young person, out of control. And we can also see the root cause of it as well, you know, the trauma and everything that you went through. Mm. So what kind of crimes did you get into then?
0: When I came back? Yeah. So it was still like ABH, GBH. It was just fights, majority, and then... I'd say a year, yeah, 2014, how old would I be then? I think like a year and a bit later is when I caught the case that sent me to prison. And that case opened up my eyes. That's when I was like, okay, I want to go legit. I ended up getting myself a job.
1: Let's go over what happened in detail then Mm -hmm. for what caught you that case. It was a there was a house party, wasn't there? Mm. So go on, let's... Why were you at that house party? Who, who was... What was going on? So
0: originally we went to an all-white party and there was a couple of girls we were with. They started fighting each other. So me and my other friend, I'm friends with her until today, really. Um, me and my other friend were like, oh, they're moving ratchet. I want to party. I don't want to fight, you know? Because usually every time I do go out, there's a madness that's going on. So we actually wanted to have fun for once. So like, oh, do you know what? Like, let's go, you know, let's leave these lot. We come back to Edmonton. So we left the area we were in, come back to Edmonton. And I ended up bumping in to Mr. Brown, this guy that I grew up with. I went to the same school with him and or whatever. And he was like, he's like, all oh, your friends are in this house. This, this, that, you know, like come in. And I, you know, had a bag full of goodies. You know, this bro key, he wanted what I had. Me and him don't usually get along. He would never have invited me inside that house if I didn't have that bag. And, um, I ended up going to the house. I see about, before I walk inside the house, I see him like making a bunch of girls run away from a cab like you know like not pay the cab driver or whatever the girl i was with wanted to be cheeky and pay for the cab just to make him feel less of a man <laughs> she'd done it we walked in the house we were having fun one of my friend's phones going missing this girl knows i'm a bit at that rate she keeps coming up to me she's crying oh my phone's missing my phone's missing my phone's missing I know these boys to be boys that rob girls' phones and that. So I was like, oh, you know what? I was like, you guys, I turned off the music. I was like, you look and search me. I'm going to search you. Uh, uh Search the boys. They didn't have it on them. I was like to empty out my pockets or whatever. I showed the girls like just to make them comfortable. One of them ends up jumping up um, on some, um, oh, how's about I tell you, like, trying to be rude or whatever, I had a ball in my hand, that ended up, you know, hitting it with her, because she was charging up at me as well, ended up fighting, um, I, at that rate, like, felt really bad for my friends that I was with, because I always used to get them in trouble, like, all the time, every time I get arrested, they'll get arrested, so I felt really bad, didn't it, so I was like, one of the boys, gave me something and it was like oh get out of the house like I'll keep the door open for you as I'm leaving the door like they locked the girls outside and they locked us in us girls were like oh we want to leave we want to leave so we tried to walk outside one of the girls spat in my face when she spat in my face I knew I'm definitely going back in I remembered when the boys said to me I'm gonna keep the door open for you So I got rid of my friends. I ran back into the house, locked myself in, hidden one in the rooms until, like, one of the girls used the bathroom or something. One of them come out to use the bathroom, start fighting her. Like, I'm fighting, fighting, fighting. Then another one comes out. I'm still, like, fighting, but I'm not winning as much. Then there's how many of them on me? Like, they're all, and I've got a little bit of hair. Like, they're all pulling my hair near me. I've got a weapon, like, in my waistband at that moment. I look down, I notice, like, there's a man punching me up. Like, I notice I'm trying, I'm struggling to, like, keep my head up. Then I thought, you know what? It if I can't get out of this house, then I just... <laughs> I don't know, like, just... Ah! This ain't who I am no more, so it's very anxious it makes me quite anxious but yeah I ended up inflicting him in his abdominal I looked one of the girls threw herself on the floor she oh my god she stabbed me and then I thought all right looked at the knife I I thought okay it's bloody let me leave now left the house and my mom's calling me everyone's calling me saying the door got licked out I was quite confused I kept thinking to myself all right no, you're a criminal you know if something like that happens and you're not there the person that actually done it and the weapon ain't there everyone would have to get arrested so why is it the police know it's me already like and they're after me then when I ended up handing myself in I found out all the boys I grew up with the girls that were there they all gave like their own little statements and yeah gave my mom's house and but that woke me up. I can't lie. It woke me up. Did, I you say, up. did you
1: say it was a female or a male who got stabbed?
0: It was a female. Thought it was her that got stabbed, but it went. It was the man that got stabbed. He was punching stabbed. you up. Yeah. 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 And he was like, these times I was, ooh, 18. The next month I was turning 19. Yeah. And the guy was like 30, like what? about to turn 30.
1: So, was there a degree of the court would look at it as self-defense?
0: No, the first ever time I got arrested was attempted murder, and I could not stop. So, crying. this was an attempted
1: murder case. Yeah,
0: alleged. Like, so at the beginning, but they ended up dropping it asap. Yeah. I think it was straight after my interview they dropped it. Actually,
1: okay. So, where did they uh, nick you at?
0: I handed myself in. You
1: handed yourself in, that's right. So you hand yourself in. Um, Are you wise to like the ways of the law? At this point, do you like understand about lawyers and-
0: Yeah, I think I'm less wise now. (laughs) So what is your
1: strategy handing yourself in? Are you going to go no comment? Are you going to try and defend? say something? So I had
0: my little showers, cut off my nails, done whatever. Went to the police station. And I was the straw. I can't lie to you. Like, it, I was hurt when I... No commented it all the way out. Um, But I was hurt because I was just thinking to myself, like, it don't make sense. Like, you lot claim to be gangsters. Like, it was this whole idea of... I think that was my first realisation of the hood don't love you. The hood don't love no one. And you're going to have to tighten up. And it did. It did, like... As soon as I came out, I got myself a job in Sainsbury's.
1: Hold on, I hold pulled on. a sickie hold by on. the time I got. Um, let's go through the legal proceedings first. Yeah. So you go in the police station, mm-hmm. you go no comment, you've got, you've got an attempted murder charge at this point of it, all right? Mm-hmm. So what happened for them to reduce that down then? Because I know they, they always try and put more on you than is necessary.
0: You know, all I done was no comment and cry. Yeah. And then I come out of the police station and my solicitor was like, come, let me talk to you. He spoke to me. We went back up to, um, you know, where the Sarge is and they recharged me with GBH with intent.
1: Did you have to have a trial or did you just do a, like a, a deal?
0: No, it wasn't no deal. So I had to wait for trial. Um, my trial. So I ended up, that was 2014 April. Um, and then I went jail 2015, 25th of twenty 29th of May, 25th is my birthday, 29th of May.
1: Did you speak at your trial?
0: I, I threw out the whole case because they had evidence of me admitting to it. I threw it all out. I threw out the trial and I said, I'm going guilty on my first day of my trial. And that's when I went prison.
1: I see. And did your lawyer try and bring in that this guy was punching you up and it was the judge
0: did not want to send me to prison? He really? said it. He said, "I wish I could just let you walk, but I'm going to give you the minimum." And I got GBH without intent, twenty one months. Was that
1: because you were carrying a weapon and the severity of him being stabbed? It, yeah,
0: and him being stabbed,
1: even though you was a teenager, a man beating you up. It's mm. crazy, isn't it?
0: And you got to remember the guy that you know, um I ended up stabbing, went jail himself A kidnap before. I think he done I think he got eight years due for and he was like this, you know, bad boy.
1: But he spoke to the cops about you and everything else.
0: Do you know what I talk to the cops now? Anybody I'm not on it with nothing. Anybody mm. tries problems with me because the streets don't love nobody. I was a young kid lost in the source today, if I know what I know today as an adult I wouldn't have gone through half of the bullshit I did when I was a kid.
1: Because you're a citizen now. So, yes, yeah, damn right.
0: Yeah. Taxpaying civilian. <laughs> All
1: right. So, you know, like when you were arrested then for this, when you when you turned yourself in, did you get out on bail for a bit or were you in custody the whole time on remand?
0: So I was um, out on bail out the whole on bail.
1: time. So having to go to jail, prison, what was that like, your first day?
0: I was shook because, because I was such a troublemaker. I thought, yeah, all the, all the girls that I scrapped on road, they're going to catch me in there. And I kept watching, you know, American prison documentaries and it weren't helping. (laughs) And I thought I'm going to get odd. I thought people are going to bring me. I thought I'm going to have to hold pockets. I was traumatized. But then when I sussed it out, I was like, oh. Which prison was it? Holloway. I've
1: oh, spoken there. spoke there a couple of times. Mm. Yeah. All right, so you're going in Holloway. What is your um, security level?
0: Oh, I was more... Like- I went high risk or nothing. I was okay. Mean.
1: Did you have a cellmate in the beginning?
0: First, when I first walked in, I was very disgusted because they put me on the detox wing and they all look like zombies. I thought, what in the crackhead is going on? <gasps> I was very shocked, and then when I got put into like the general like pop, did they say so whatever they call it? I was like, all right, yeah, I was like, okay, it's it's not half bad.
1: And were people coming up to you and like helping you because you were a new arrival?
0: I was crying in my cell, so I didn't have a cellmate at the beginning. I was crying in my cell, stale face as soon as I woke up because what was still programmed in me was them documentaries. I thought, yeah, you're a midget. You're like, they're going to have fun with you. I was so scared.
1: How did you shake that off?
0: Oh, basically that, so I've got a bite mark here. I don't know if you see. From what? Now, this bite mark happened a month. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. A few weeks after I, my case, like me catching it. There was, a, like, me and another Somali girl, like, we had a fight and a party. On the party, streets, not inside. No, in a party, on the streets. On a, in the party, yeah. Now, I already had this feeling of, oh, I'm going to bump into people that, you know, I fought already. Like, and bear in mind, I, when I was younger, I had the big friendship group. So I'm thinking, yeah, you're the smallest one and you're alone in this place. So I was scared. Now... The first ever Somali girl, because I grew up with my people. So it was like, oh, let me go find out who my people are. Like, first girl I started having a conversation with was her. And I forgot her face. I forgot how she looked. So I'm there on some hi, babe. Oh, she goes, Do you remember me? I go, Remember you for what? She goes, Ain't you no how? And then I started doing the whole stealth face thing, acting like, you know, I'm a big buddy. And then, yeah, like, I don't know if that facade at that moment of, you know, that you got to act tough, if it scared her. But, yeah, we ended up becoming quite cool.
1: How did it come to she was biting your face?
0: Oh, like, I fought her. I beat her up. Over what? I don't remember properly. It was one of the boys that, you know, ended up telling on me girl at that moment. So it's just a party, like where everyone's just being ratchet and wild and fighting. So, and, you're,
1: so you're scrapping, and she just goes straight Hannibal like that. No,
0: I I ended up fighting her. Like I never get to say I beat up anyone because I've been beaten up a lot as well. Yeah. But I was actually beating her up, and then I got up to fix my hair, and I was being cocky in the mirror. She just snuck up on me, and I did not let go. Oh God. I was wearing an eye patch for months. Why
1: did you have something affected your eyeball and everything? Yeah, it was
0: right here. Was she
1: locked on your face then? For
0: times. time. Like a dog.
1: What did you do to try and get her off?
0: Everything. Everything. I was following her like this.
1: You had to follow her?
0: Yeah, I was trying to poke her her eyes and everything. It wasn't working. It wasn't working. Even when we went to prison and I bumped into her, like we started laughing about it because she became my cellmate. And we would sit there and we would laugh. I'd be like, you're actually an animal. Like, how did you bite me for so long? How did you manage to stay on?
1: We need to get her on the podcast.
0: Yeah. Is she
1: still inside?
0: No, she's actually (laughs) dental health nurse. Doing well, good for herself.
1: That's what we want. Stories of redemption. No, I, <laughs> I actually adore
0: her. Oh, and she's related to me. Do you think Shocking. She, do She
1: think she come on Oh, she doesn't want people to know.
0: No, I don't think she wants. Yeah. Do you know do you know like my friends and that from jail? They think I'm so brave.
1: Yeah. A lot I don't of... think so.
0: I feel like it is what it is, and it's about being like it's growth, in it. Like Totally.
1: And... You've owned it and you you've turned it into something positive so what was your routine in holloway
0: so i was a wing cleaner
1: meaning what for the viewers
0: so i was like a wing cleaner i was on servery and a wing cleaner in holloway it was the same thing so you dish out the food you clean the bathroom you, your doors open for longer i did not mind never really fought in there To be honest, yeah, I feel like people lie too much in this country. They act like it's a miracle when it's not, you know. What was the food like? Horrible, disgusting, hated it.
1: What was breakfast?
0: Toast.
1: Hope you're enjoying this podcast. There's a word from our sponsor, Rocket Money. The other day, I had to cancel three Amazon Prime memberships. I had a personal on the UK, Amazon, US, Amazon company account, US, Amazon, UK, Amazon do you understand how hard it is to cancel these bloody things? That's why Rocket Money makes these things so much easier, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. Just like with me with my four Amazon Prime memberships, you may find out you've been at least double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you've got to do is press Cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Thank you for supporting our sponsor, Rocket Money. Link's in the description box. Cheers. Anything else?
0: No, I loved Koli noodles. That's what I loved. I loved noodles.
1: Is it like a menu thing in the the UK where you pick things off a menu?
0: Yeah, you pick up off the menu. But I'd always get the halal option.
1: Are you all right with that? Yeah. Yeah. Did you make some friendships? Yeah. Tell us about the characters you met.
0: Do you know what? Yeah, like some of my closest friends today are from prison.
1: Because you bond, don't you? Yeah, you it go, becomes
0: a sisterhood, doesn't it?
1: You go through something that intense with people, and it's unique, it's a different world for the public. You're like bonded for life, I think, because they're the only ones who really understand it fully, because they were with you. Mm,
0: they, But you know what I find quite crazy, right? I don't know if it's the internet now, but ever since like I started YouTubing or whatever, There's been people that dislike me that come out of woodworks that was in prison with me. But I was actually the comedian. Like, (laughs) everyone got along with me. I was like the baby. I never really... If anyone did want to fight me, someone else was fighting them. Because I just didn't need to. Like,
1: Weren't there some famous killers in the...
0: Yeah, the paedophile killer was in there, but she went in there with me.
1: The paedophile killer. Oh, what's her name?
0: I forgot. But when I heard her story... Oh,
1: that woman. Do you remember, Christ- uh, James, Christopher Berry D? that woman? And she had an accomplice, the big guy, didn't she? What
0: was her name? Joanna
1: um, you- is, is it that one?
0: She took a lift a, upstairs oh, to the guy. She's
1: from Peterborough. Joanna. She's a serial
0: killer.
1: They got her down as a serial killer because she Ooh. killed so many people. Oh,
0: I'm so, not I sure. Where are they? Is it Emma? Is it Emma? I'm, I'm not sure, but okay. I used to hear about her. Did um, you kick it with her? I wasn't in there with her. She,
1: they, were, they were maxed up, off. Mm. Yeah.
0: People I was in there with was like the honey trap girl.
1: The Honey trap what did she do?
0: The footballer. Like I think it's she t- set up a footballer and he got killed.
1: So it was a sexual thing and then? I
0: was, I was around a couple disgusting individuals that I wouldn't really talk to.
1: What, what was disgusting about them?
0: So like, even though I had a wild past, like I just said, like really wild. Yeah. There's, you know, there's certain things that I think is just nasty. Like there was this girl and this girl set up, you know another younger boy that was her age for an um for a one z of weed and he ended up getting killed mm. then she was bragging about it on whatsapp calls no. then there was another girl um that came in while i was in there and these one of them was from our country the other one was from another madagascar i think and these two girls killed a girl over a guy they were all partying together and they ended up stomping on her stomach so bad. Her liver bursted. Did you
1: say one was put, Somali?
0: Yeah, put a broom up her. Like, done disgusting stuff. And by the time the feds come, they were making, like, toast and shit, like. So I was in there with a couple of scummy people that I wouldn't necessarily talk to, you so know? like,
1: you know, because of the convict code, is it different in the women's prison hallway? Like, like, in America, it's KOS for people who've got crimes against women and kids. Did like, Do they get into the general population? Yeah, they're
0: all uh, around each other. There was no nonce wing. There was no like, you know, foul people wing or nothing. Everyone was around each other, to be honest. It was just about you not associating with people.
1: Did they stick together in the general population? People with the scummy crimes? Or did they just... No,
0: there was, it's, people rated some of them. Like, what I found quite weird was, right? Yeah, I'm straight. And I, I ain't got nothing against gay people, but I found it very ridiculous how a straight girl would come in and automatically she's gay. And they'd say, gay for the stay. Like, what do you mean gay for the stay? Like, I swear you're straight. That's one thing that confused me. And yeah, that. like I've seen that too. it was very yeah. weird.
1: Cause then they've even got like In the men's they got like girlfriend visiting or wife visiting, but they gave her the stay and then they just go back to the girlfriend or wife when they get out. Yeah. What about women hitting on you then? Did that happen?
0: Yeah, but nah. (laughs) (laughs) And basically me and myself mate, yeah. (laughs) We were so annoyed. They wouldn't stop. So you know what we started doing? They wouldn't
1: stop hitting on you.
0: So you know what we started doing? Holding hands. And then everyone thought we were together. Right. You know? so that
1: prevented you didn't have to beat him it up. Was, then. So,
0: it was so. I don't. I don't need to fight someone for liking me. But like, <laughs> it's very much. I. I did not dress up in there. I wore yeah. track suits all the time. My hair was in cornrows. Like, come on, I'm around women. I like men. I'm not. There's nothing to you know like.
1: So you're saying you can like worry. get
0: ready for. I remember we used to hit on one officer all the time. <laughs> we used to stare at him. All the time.
1: Were officers sleeping with the women?
0: Yeah, there was one officer. I got so upset that he left. <laughs> there was one officer, he was so young. And there was like this lifer that took advantage of him. I know she did. Because we were trying to groom him to bring us phones and it weren't working.
1: <laughs> it went. not Did you have any fights in there?
0: Only once. Over what? So my mum got sick while I was in jail. And everyone was hiding it from me. And by the time I found out, I come out of the phone room and there's this girl like arguing about laundry and then she cussed my mum. And then I ended up punching her. Like it wasn't even a fight. Like I didn't need to I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people that love to prove a point in England. Like I, I've I've worked it out. I think it's because I've lived in Africa, like, and I've been in these boarding schools and things like that, like, that I don't necessarily, I'll I'll tell you, you see the last place I was in? I'd rather have done five years in England than the one year that I'd done in there, you know? So it's like, you don't, you don't have to prove something, you know, like, it's not... London is just full of shit, sorry,
1: but not sorry. Did you do any courses or anything? Like
0: Yeah, I've done sycamore tree and i have done a couple other courses, but I just don't remember.
1: And did you have a plan for when you got released to to calm down a bit?
0: Yeah, I knew I was never going back to prison. Never. Never. <laughs> it's a time waste.
1: But how how hard was that gonna be for you as someone who's got a you know, you've you got like a trigger point, haven't you, with people if they get in your face?
0: Um, I wouldn't say it was that hard.
1: It wasn't that hard when you got out. Do you because, think you've matured a bit?
0: See, my mum, my was- mum was like, when I tell you, Sean, yeah, I've got a visit, she's the first one walking in. Like, she, I've got a family five-hour visit, she's in there. Like, it It was just about not letting her down. Like, if you know today that you've let down your parent from a young age and you're getting older, there's going to have to be a time where, like, you know, you wake up and you got to smell the coffee and ask yourself, what am I going to keep drawing myself out and drawing out my family? Or am I going to take accountability and somewhat of a responsibility and tighten up? I'm not perfect. Until today, you know, like... Living in the area that I grew up in. I'm trying to move out right now. There's always obstacles. There's always someone trying some shit with me. You know, not too long ago, my doors got bricked in. I mean, my door got kicked down and my window got bricked in. But it's about me knowing, you know, there's there's better waiting for me. And what can happen if I do retaliate... (laughs) Where am I going to end up?
1: Well, that's that's really strong. It's the power of family, and it, you know, my mom flying five thousand miles to visit me in prison in America and seeing her all broken—it's mm. not nice. It's not nice, and you don't want to. And you
0: know, they're not biased. Your parents—they want the best for you. Like yeah. you know it what I'm your saying. Heart,
1: it? But you said that your mom got ill as well. Was it a serious mm. illness?
0: No, it was—it was serious. Alhamdulillah, she ain't got nothing wrong with her right now, but. Good. Yeah.
1: Shout out to your mum. Yeah, Big well done. Momsie. All right, so you get out then, and you're res- resolved to reform and, and not go back to prison. What was the life like? What was your day of release like?
0: So my mum didn't know that I was coming out. Holloway was closing down, and it's cheaper. So they denied my early release. Um, and then it was cheaper for them to put me out on tag and then to ship me out to prison. So they put me out on tag. I called my two friends. They came to pick me up. We went flower shop. I ended up getting my mom flowers or whatever. They told my sisters. So my mom was the only one that didn't know. It was just so nice because my mom was so happy. You oh. know? I, when I think of the first day I come out, yeah. I think of like happiness. Later on in the day, though, I was a bit cheeky. I went to the area that <laughs> I were not allowed to go to, and I was like, look at you, little snitches. Yeah. Yeah, you sent me to prison, I'm out now. I just-
1: Were they scared of you?
0: No, there wasn't. I feel like I always say this and I always mention it, and I feel like not having a brother allowed a lot of people to get away with things with me, mm. and yeah didn't allow me to be in my feminine state so i'd always be in my masculine state i always like was this short girl that didn't have no one to tap on her shoulder so i always had something to prove you know
1: so how long did the peace last
0: very long time i feel like the last time i was in africa it shouldn't have happened like obviously me being in africa happened but Being locked up shit enough, because I can say when I came out of prison, dramatic change.
1: How old were you when you came out?
0: I was 20, just about to turn 21.
1: Why did you go back to Africa?
0: It's heartbroken. It's heartbroken. I went back at 23.
1: You was heartbroken by what?
0: I nearly got married and then I saw my friend and the guy that I nearly got married to together. And I, it was doing something to me mentally, like I felt, I don't know, manic to hell. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Africa, go work for the UN. Knowing English, you make a lot of money. So I was like, you know what, I like Africa anyway, I'm going to go over there. But I had some angry family members that didn't like the way I inflicted pain on my mom and the things that I did in my life, so they had this place ready and this place is an institution that finesses parents they tell parents do you want your child to change do you want the betterment of your children well we teach them a b c d which is all cap they're all lying is it's a finesse for us but also a finesse for the parents you know
1: so all right so what year is this then when you go in this institution it's
0: 2018
1: 2018 and how old are you at that point
0: I was 22, yeah, 20, no, 23.
1: And you thought you'd gone... I just turned 23. You thought you were going to get work with the UN, Mm. but your family put you in here. Mm. And they were duped because it was advertised as something that it was not. It was a horrible place. Mm -hmm. As soon as you go in then, what happens first day?
0: So I got picked up from the airport. Um, I thought I was going to my auntie's house but they drove into this place and the girl that was on my podcast already I've seen her in England we're friends she described how it looked so as soon as I saw one of the like the guards and his cross eyes and the little yellow benches I started screaming I said this is where Beep was like I know where I am and then they brought out a girl. So what they usually do is they'll bring a girl from the country you're from. So that would be England. They brought a British girl out. She comes to like scare you a bit. What There's you say? a, like, oh, be careful. Don't say too much. Like they've got a room called number six. They have, and it's like boarded up. No windows, no nothing, no lights. There's like cockroaches running around. They like, when they're beating you, they tie you from your ankles and blindfold you. They've got like, not a whip, the other place was a whip, but they've got like this hose pipe that they cut up. And it's like as long as my arm. And they like aim to hit your feet. But like, it's like, who really can lay there and just allow someone to hit their feet? So I'd always just move around and get hit everywhere, to be honest. Before we
1: get to that then, what was your living quarters like when they took you in?
0: (sighs) Disgusting. Like, it's crazy. The photos that they show the parents and the way they advertise the place, abnormal. Because there's nothing like it. It's like, you see, like, up to here, and there's three bunk beds, six people in that little room. Um, Yeah. It's nasty, to be honest. So
1: you're sharing a room with some other people. What were they like?
0: So they put a snitch in every room. They put one snitch in every room. Um, the parents' calls are recorded. So when they get, allow you to talk to your parent, whenever that is, it's recorded so you can't say too much. Um, yeah, usually they beat you into submission. And there's people from all age groups, from like the youngest that was in there with me was a nine year old, the eldest was like a 50 something year old woman.
1: What was your routine?
0: Wake up, pray, mosque, get be in. What about <laughs> food? Yeah, you eat.
1: Was the food okay?
0: No. It's nasty. I didn't like it Oh, I never ate once at night. I'd never had dinner. Throughout the whole year that I was there, I did not eat dinner once.
1: Did your weight go down?
0: No, for some odd reason, I gained weight.
1: What was the first reason they beat you?
0: The first reason, because I was trying to escape. And they already knew that I've escaped before from places. How many days in were you?
1: Huh? How many days in? I
0: think I was in there two, three days in. What was Luckily, I didn't get beaten on the first day because usually I've, I was quite lucky. Even when it comes down to me talking about my beating experiences, I believe I wasn't beat as much as other girls. Like, Sean, when I tell you, I used to see them dog walk, dog walk girls. Like, I mean, for, there was a time that I was really sick and I, they allowed me not to go in and I was laying next to the office and I could hear them giggling and like saying oh okay should we go beat up this girl's name i'm not gonna say her name should we go beat up this girl they're saying yeah i love the way she screams come let's go all right who's gonna go all of us all right wait let's go pray they'll go pray and you know islam is such a peaceful pious religion so what these men are doing is just literally haram is against the religion So they came in and they started dog walking a girl, dog walking her. When I tell you this girl's whole back, yeah, has whip marks, lashes, you know, they, and they'd go harder on people like her, me. Even then, I don't want to compare myself to her because I feel like I'm taken from her. The way the American girls, some of the British girls got it, was ridiculous the girls that got away with it the most were the european girls
1: this is mind-blowing so what was your escape plan
0: so i'd always like look at places and i would be like all right you know let's try jump through here when it looks too long i'll say there's more of us than them let's just grab weapons and beat them up and walk out take the key like 'Cause it's not that hard. The majority of the men that were in there is four men. How many girls are we? We go up to like fifty girls in there. What so fifty. The
1: what weapons did they have?
0: Like they've got anything. There's kitchen knives, there's you know, bats, there's you know, walking sticks, there's everything and did and they they have anything. Guns? No, but sometimes they'll call like men. So the girl that first ever done a video with me on YouTube, she ended up escaping. And when she escaped, I got beaten up. They're so stupid. If I knew she was escaping, I would have left with her. I had malaria. They literally dragged me out of my bedroom into number six, tied me up. I wasn't covered up at that precise moment. I chose to jump on my religion because I was shocked at them weaponizing the religion. So it's like, let me get close to God. That was my only leeway of peace of mind, you know? So I ended up, um, you know, getting dragged into that room. They were, I was literally, I call myself floating Jesus that day because one man had this arm, the other man had that arm, and the other one had the, um, cloth that was holding my legs together. And I was getting whipped everywhere like my whole... I remember the whole month after it felt like there was water stuck in my head. I was battered and bruised. My toenail, everything.
1: Does your body just heat up and the pain just kind of like...
0: My body ain't the same
1: you know like it's painful at first as your body heat up and your adrenaline pumps and does there come a point where you just your whole body's on fire or how how does it work
0: so at the beginning it hurts and then it becomes numb but what i've noticed is i still go through pain from then now. like my legs are finished my bones are finished i'm only 27 years old and i feel like my bones are 60.
1: So that first escape attempt then, how did they stop you?
0: I didn't attempt. I didn't attempt. I literally, it was talking and it goes back to what I was saying. Snitch. Yeah, there's a snitch in every single room.
1: So you said that some of the girls were sexually assaulted. Yeah. What did you hear about that?
0: Some girls were horny and wanted it. I'm not going to lie. But then there was also younger kids, like 14 year olds, and they'll sit there and they'll say, Oh, do you want to leave? I'll get your parent to allow you to leave. So they'll manipulate them. They'd walk in, you know, like into us getting changed. They'll say nasty things like, um, don't even want to say this, but like, you know, I don't, I I don't really want to say it. But I would say disgusting things. Yeah.
1: So how did that make you feel? Did you feel that you were at risk of them trying something like that with you?
0: No. I knew. I was a loud mouth. Right. I was more their punching bag. Even towards the end, like, I was comfortable with being there I was used to it by then but they wanted me gone because of my loud mouth I started telling the girls as soon as the men walk in let's all start screaming you hear one scream everybody starts screaming together Um
1: How long were you in there for world? Uh, yeah
0: well,
1: How did you get out of it?
0: I'm not complaining did you, acting did like you? everything's okay everything's rainbows and unicorns Was there not anymore? a way
1: to get your parents involved? Get your mum involved I mean?
0: Yeah, but they would record all phone conversations and it's like I noticed if I want to leave, i got to keep my mouth quiet. Right. If I don't, I'll do longer. And what
1: happened when you got out and you told your family what happened?
0: My friends took me a ticket back to the country. Yeah. Interpol got involved. Did they? Has yeah. that place
1: been shut down? No. No. They're still doing it.
0: Yeah. I, I literally was triggered that um, a couple months ago, they, there's a girl that was in there like a couple of years before me yeah. and she's advertising the place and she's got pictures of the beds and pictures of when I was in there praying. And it's like, how do you even have these photos? Because we don't have no phones in there. You weren't in there with me. You're clearly advertising for them. Is that online? Yeah.
1: You got to put some. We got to put something online to tell people. Can people find it through your channel if they yeah. Google the name of it?
0: Yeah,
1: that's good. Then you got <laughs> this is terrible. Got to stop it somehow. Got to get these guys shut down.
0: I know. Um,
1: all right. So what you you got out of it? Then you you you're like you 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 playing the system basically, mm. pretending to go along with everything to get out. Did you think that was working towards the end of it? Did you realize it was you, Yeah, it was yeah. working. And then you got out and what happened?
0: I feel like God had me. Yeah. Because I saw that these men were weaponizing the religion, so I started praying. Yeah. And every time my head was on that floor I used to say, God, only you can get me out, you right. know, only you can protect me from them. Even then my even when like my my beats started getting less, like put everything on God no one else I even said God help me find a way out even when Interpol was getting involved um, they didn't even do that much all they done was go to a house and say give the passport and the passport was given to me my friends then booked me a ticket back into the country and then when I was here for a little while flew me out on a holiday
1: do you think they killed anyone in the
0: no, um, they've killed kids, unborn kids.
1: Gotcha. All right, so you get back after you've gone through that horrible thing. What's your, Where's your head at?
0: I was mental. I was very jumpy. Can you imagine? I've got PTSD because of it until today.
1: <sighs> Did you get any help, counselling, anything?
0: At the beginning, no. And then when I clocked, like, I felt as though I was losing the plot is when I made myself a priority. And ever since then, like, it's it's been good. Like, even breaking down to my mum what happened and watching her break down and, you know, because it was sad because she had to then take somewhat of an accountability for some things that happened. And it was just heartbreaking because you could see that she was finessed. You could see that, you know... It wasn't intentional at all, and, you know, she actually thought this was for the betterment.
1: Who suggested it to
0: her? My uncles and women in this country that also locked up their kids. Do
1: you want to put the name of that place out there?
0: Luqman al-Hakim. There's numerous places. What, what, what
1: village is it in our town?
0: Hamar is in Samari Mugdishu.
1: So people watching this then clock that? name and like spread the word that that there's these horrors are uh, still happening to try and prevent you know if people go online the more they see that this is happening the less likely people are going to get sucked into the advertisements to go there a
0: hundred
1: <sighs> all right so that was 2018 to 2020 was it mm-hmm. so you, you're you back in the uk 2020 at your mum's.
0: no nah, where you at living with these lot.
1: living with these lot And then you're traumatized. So how did you get back to normal?
0: I ended up, you know, just staying around these lot for a while. And once I did like, you know, start going GP or whatever, I then noticed that I'm homeless at the moment and I need to put a roof over my head. So I went over to a woman's refuge. I lived around East London for a bit in a woman's refuge. And then after I was given my flat, even then I feel like it's a setup. They could have gave me a flat in another area, but they gave me a flat in the area. I also used to create mayhem in. It's been quite hard, but this guy, like I promise I'm not going to give up on myself.
1: In the woman's refuge then, what were the women like in the...
0: It used to bug me out. I didn't like it. It felt like because... In the refuge you're not allowed no visitors, nothing like that. Everyone's women in there.
1: Were they like battered women and things like that?
0: Yeah, like dis damseled and distressed women, and it just kept reminding me of that place I was in. So I'd stay there, but sometimes I'd stay at my friends and that when it becomes a bit much. It's
1: triggering. Ooh. And then you, you managed to get out of there then. Yeah. What gave you the courage, the bravery to start your YouTube channel, to start speaking out about all these issues?
0: I always said it when I was in there that I'm going to tell everyone about what fuckery goes on there.
1: Why did you pick YouTube?
0: Because I felt like YouTube is a platform anyone can see, like, and anyone can, you know what I mean? Like, it gets out there to everybody and anybody. I mean... You know, if people don't talk... If they're in Somalia, they can see it. If they're in England, they can see it, you know?
1: What people have reached out to you? I didn't
0: really know better, by the way.
1: What people reached out to you through your channel, watching your videos?
0: So... Not many, you know.
1: Any of the girls who were in the place?
0: Yeah, so... The girls that I... The one that I love the most is the girls that I broke out with in Kenya. When they hit me up, like I've been on live on TikTok before mm-hmm. and they've joined my box on some, do you remember me? We <laughs> ran away together. And I'm like, oh my God, you're my sister. Because I don't think anybody's ever going to understand when I say like it's a sisterhood. Everywhere I've been, I've like in Lugman that shithole I was in last When I was leaving, the whole house was crying. Like everyone was banging the windows down. They didn't want me gone at all. And it's not because, oh, I was a cunt to them or anything. No, it's because when I'm in predicaments like that, I look at it as in you're in it, I'm in it together. We are one, they are the enemies. We're not, you know, we're each other's siblings, mothers, brothers. So yeah.
1: So what do you want from life now?
0: I just want to succeed. I just want to do good. When it comes down to my podding and that, yeah, I enjoy it, but that ain't where I want to go. Like, I want to get into acting. I want to write a book, you know. I know you were saying I should, but yeah. <sighs>
1: Definitely. Your story's just mind-blowing. It's, just it's like crazy. Getting the more details out of you today, just my mind's just, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure all the people watching this are probably thinking the same right now. So what what do you want to say to the viewers then? Like where can they find you and support you and follow you and contact <laughs> you and everything else?
0: Um, you can. Oh God, why do I feel like this? Um, the Noau Show.
1: Got pluggy stuff. Yeah, the Noau
0: <laughs> Show on Inst, um, on YouTube, Husker underscore XO on Insta, Tapped In with Tapisha on Insta. Tapped in with a p-shot on Spotify. Where else? So, yeah.
1: And all the links will be in the description box below this video if you're watching the YouTube version of it. And this has just been so gripping, so moving, just to hear what Noelle has been through. It's just like one minute you think your life's going to be all right and then next minute you go into some other extreme environment and the next thing it's like, It's all the twists and turns in your life. I think that make this story unique because a lot of people, they just get in trouble, go prison, and then they live happily ever after, hopefully afterwards. Mm -hmm. But you're all, it's like, it's really, it's a manic roller coaster, isn't it? It's unusual. Yeah. So we salute your bravery. You're so inspirational. You know, I've watched loads of your videos. I see the other people you have on as well, how you're inspiring those people and everything else. So. Absolutely fantastic! What you're doing, so thank you so yeah. much thank for having you. me on, yeah. man. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. So, Godfly Press is hugely proud to announce the publication of "Killing Escobar and Soldier Stories" by Peter Macalise. If you've not seen our podcast we've done with Peter, check it out. And the book is now available worldwide on Amazon in all formats and Peter was hired out of Scotland mercenary by the Cali cartel to assassinate Pablo Escobar one of the most famous gangsters in the history of the world the mission is all detailed in the book as well as Peter's many soldier stories from various countries and continents of the world so mind-blowing gripping as seen on BBC TV this is the book, the story, that Killing Escobar is based on. Peter McAleese's testimony. The link will be in the description box below the video. Available worldwide on Amazon. Cheers.